I mean, it's crazy. I was sitting there one night do, on my job site, and it was it was do, when I was when I was doing uh, the Hernandez Ranch, uh, the original Hernandez Ranch interviews with those guys that we worked at with me and Anthony and and Scorpion and my brother. We all worked with these guys that uh, worked for a very large construction company. And when I did those, when I met these guys. I just kind of fell into that. You know, I just met them when, you know, I'd known them for a long time, but I never knew that anything about that they had seen Dogman and all this other stuff. And one day I was, I was working out, out there on post with my kettlebells and, and uh, doing my, my workout and started talking to the, almost was going to say his name, his alias is Jerry. But uh, he, you know, he, we started talking and next thing you know, I'm listening to Dogman Encounters. He heard it a couple of times and he's like, when he started hearing somebody dis- describe it, he kind of stopped and was like, started asking me about it. And I told him what it was. So that's how I met the guy. And then he goes, dude, I've seen these things. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I turned it down and I said, are you kidding me? And he goes, no, no, no. I, I know what this is. I've never heard of dog man, but I know what this guy's talking about. He goes, we have exactly. those on our property. Yeah. And so then we started talking and it turns out, you know, that I got this whole wealth of, of, of information or we as a group did from these guys who worked with us and we had worked with them for two years and never even knew that the, the, about them, you know? And so, you know, they, they started telling us all these stories. And so while I was doing, uh, around the same time that I was working at those sites for that construction company who we still work for sometimes off and on, um, which is why I'm not saying their name. But we were working in one way down in South Austin, um, and and I was there, you know, and there was this uh, sher- a sheriff's deputy that would come in there every once in a while, and he, I ain't going to lie, he would pull in and he would take a little nap, you know. And uh, I started talking to him one day. turns out he was half Hispanic, half Native, and uh, we started talking, and um, we we got into some weird stuff. It was right after I had been talking to those guys and getting the stories together so I could go on to Vic's show and tell their stories. And uh, so he goes, yeah, he goes, I came through here early. I saw you talking to a big group of guys and y'all were out here, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, having a good time or whatever, you know? And I, and I said, yeah, those are, those are some friends that they, they work for the company, you know? And he goes, oh yeah. He goes, I saw him drinking, you know, and I figured you were with him, So it wasn't a big deal. I said, yeah, they, they, they've been working for the company for years, you know? So I don't, I don't really mess with them. They were telling me some stories, you know? And, uh, he goes, I mean, like just out of the blue, he's like, he's like, you know, he asked me what about, and I kind of thought it was a little forward, you know, to, to ask me, but I thought maybe this guy's just being a cop. He's asking me, you know, maybe he's suspicious or something, you know, and he's like, cause there'd been a lot of theft, you know? And, and I said, well, nothing, nothing criminal, nothing about, you know, people stealing or anything like that. You know, I said it was, it was more about weird stuff, you know, nothing you'd be interested in. You know, I just kind of said that quickly. And, uh, he was like weird stuff like, uh, ghosts. Like he just, you know, he just kind of blurted out. He was a very blunt guy, you know? And, uh, I said, nah, not really ghosts. It's more, more about like, you know, like cryptids. And he was like cryptids kind of like he wasn't real familiar with the term. And I said, you know, like, uh, like, like, uh, creatures, you know, like Bigfoot, but not really Bigfoot more like, and then he literally told me, he goes like skinwalkers. And I told him, you know, that, that, and he said that and I was like, okay. So this guy, like, it was like, he was you know, he was on to what I was talking about. And, uh, yeah, I said, actually, exactly. it's not really skinwalkers. I mean, it's called dog man. And he goes, what is that? Cause a lot of people in Texas didn't know what that was. You know, they don't know what that is. 
And he goes, and I told him, I said, well, it's kind of like the skinwalker you're talking about, but it, it's something different, you know? And, and he goes, well, what do you mean different? I mean, like, what is it? Like, and I was like, it's like a werewolf, but maybe not. We're not a hundred percent sure. He goes, oh, like a skinwalker. And I'm like, I guess. And I didn't know he was native. I thought he was just, I thought he was Mexican. And we both started talking and he says, well, my mother's native uh, and, and my, and my, my dad is Mexican. And uh, we started talking and we just kind of hit it off. And, uh, you know, he, he was originally from New Mexico and he had been living here for a long time. He got married and went to, went to school here or whatever in Austin. And uh, so he ended up telling me like a skinwalker story, a story about a skinwalker that had harassed his uh, in-laws um, from his first marriage. And, uh, you know, and about how that there was this guy who was a shapeshifter and it was this, and then, and then he was really into the paranormal. He was into ghosts big time. And he was telling me all this stuff. This is a cop. And so he would come through there at my site where I was at, um, you know, like probably, you know, me and my brother would work that site together and he would come through there and he would talk to us probably like, you know, two or three times a week. And he, and we would, he would tell us stories. Um, he was, he told us a UFO story about, about a, not, not his story, but it was, uh, somebody that was related to him in New Mexico that had an, a, a UFO story. And it was, get this, on a property that was also haunted, okay, then also had skinwalker activity. And he said that the, 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 what he told me, this is a police officer, right? This is a sheriff's deputy. What he told me was, in his opinion, he believed that there are certain people that are just prone to these things. And that this particular person that was uh, related, you know, that they had been experiencing things that, you know, their whole life. And that when he would go out there to the, their ranch, um, that it was like weird stuff would happen. Like he literally saw like par- like uh, uh, poltergeist activity, like he witnessed it. And, uh, you know, there's a police officer, you know, and he just was, you know. There are definitely people out there, though, just that are sensitive Mm -hmm. and they can see certain things that, uh, you know, the rest of us can't see. And uh, just going back on what you were saying before, if you're in this, I don't want to call it business, but in this line that that you and I are in and several, many other people are, I mean, you can't help but getting reports. I mean, I get anywhere from 12 to 15 reports a week from throughout the country, and also, I, I just got one from Pretoria, South Africa, and I helped the gentleman out. We were talking back and forth on Messenger, and I, I, I assisted him with that, and he's also with law enforcement over there in uh, South Africa. I mean, you're going to get reports, so I can't understand these guys that go out there and say, oh, I don't get any leads, I don't do this and that. I just I think they're lazy. They just don't want to do the work, or uh, they're just passing it off. I mean, I've got so many myself right now that I can't keep up with it, and I, I can't send teams out here and there and everywhere, you know. Well, number one, because of COVID, and, and number two, because there are so many. I'm, I I just have to research them as best I can, you know, from here. Yeah. I mean, and let me ask you a question, like, as far as, like, your 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 research and your you the stories that you get from people, what is, like, like – you know, off the top of your head, just give me, give me a quick, uh, you know, whatever, if you, you know, what, what, what is the most uh, disturbing one that you've gotten from the NADP? Oh, for, in reference to a dog man one. Yeah. 
the most disturbing one I've ever gotten was where this this gentleman, his dog was found torn apart just down the street, and he 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 saw something large, you know, before he before his dog had run off. He saw something extremely large. He's telling me about the size of one of his pine trees. And I went and I took a look at it. And the very next, I guess it was about three hours later, his dog was out in the yard and his dog wasn't out in the yard. And he found it just down the street, all torn apart. I mean, he took pictures of it. I went there. I saw the dog. It was just, it was just totally torn apart. And I'm like, what the heck could have done this? In this area. Now we're talking about an extremely built-up area, six hundred to seven hundred thousand dollar houses. Um, we don't have a lot of black bear in New Jersey, and we sure as heck don't have a, a lot of mountain lions or anything like that out here because they're built up so much. And where this neighborhood was, it wasn't near any sort of forest area or anything like that. But he's telling me he saw this big, large creature, and it was moving fast, and it wasn't on four legs either. So, I mean, I had to go out to check that one out because, first of all, it was only about 20 miles away from where I live. And he was quite upset. And he, he couldn't tell his wife what happened because he didn't want her to get super upset. And, I mean, they're in their early 70s. Uh, the guy did not wear glasses. He was highly educated. Uh, and he's not prone to telling stories like that. I mean, he's quite successful. You know, he's got the three Beamers in his three-car garage over there and... And, and things like that. It was just like, it was something just terrifying for him to, to have seen happen. Uh, he took it to the vet where they had it cremated. And, they, you know, he has his dog in his urn. But, I mean, we're, we're not talking about a little dog here. This was like a, um, I always get this wrong, a Belgian uh, Malinois. Malinois, yeah. Uh, a Malinois, there you go. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, this thing just got torn to shreds. Uh, couldn't understand why. Couldn't understand how it got out of his yard either. But something must have got into his yard, jumped back over the fence, and you know took his dog. It, it wanted his dog, and that was the end of that. I mean, that's that's that that's some pretty nasty stuff. And so you and you think, in your opinion, that that it was a dogman that did this? I kind of feel it was because I saw one. Back in 2013 in Wachung Reservation, uh, where this gentleman lives is only about six miles away from the Wachung Reservation. Um, Kelly, one of my members back in 2018, reported it to me. And then again in 2020, she gave another report of another incident in her area. She lives down near the Pine Barrens. And back in 2018... I had a neighbor, like I said, 900 feet, lived 900 feet away from me. And her backyard is near a uh, federal forest area. And she she saw it there. I just want to back up on this lady, Mary, who I'm, I'm naming her Mary, whose little dog ran away and ran back, who flashed the pictures. She's from Oregon. She's a, uh, uh, how would you call her, a ranch girl. Her, she was the only girl uh, that her parents had. And they, they grew her up to, to shoot rifles and guns. She's a hunter, bow and arrow and all that stuff. She's, she's, she's been out there hunting with her father and everything, and she's not afraid of much. And 
we're talking in a neighborhood where I am, and I'm like, this is amazing. This is absolutely. I mean, I'm in Central Jersey. Granted, the uh, the forest area over here in the back, it's uh, it's pretty thick. It's pretty grown in and everything, so it's distinct possibility. But I think this man's dog was destroyed by a dog man. Wow. Wow. I mean, a bear couldn't hop that fence. This was a five foot metal fence. Now, granted, he didn't have a spike fence or anything like that. It was smooth across the top. But something went over that fence, grabbed the dog, went out, maybe went about 20, 30 feet away from, from where he lived, and did the dog in. I mean, this thing was torn apart, totally torn apart. So, I mean, that's that's one of the uh, one of the reports I got. And like I said, I get anywhere from 12 to 15 a week, and it's just hard to keep up with it all. I can imagine you. You must get about uh, 30 a week easily. And so that that being like the the most like like uh, disturbing one. I mean, like because of of course a, a dog somebody's dog was killed. I mean, but I mean, do you do you get any that that are like ongoing, like people's property? Like, what am I trying to say here? Somebody somebody who's got the activity that's continually going, like ongoing. There is there is a lady whose uh, husband passed away. She lives in Arkansas, and it's a little hard for me to get up to Arkansas to check this out. Uh, she says that they're being harassed, and she believes it's it's by dogmen. Uh, her daughter, who now lives with her after her husband passed away, her daughter moved back in with her, says that she saw a wolf head on in the window, and her windows are six feet off the ground. So, And she says this is an ongoing thing. It's uh, something I've been wanting to get, grab a team together and go up to investigate. But like I said, travel right now is restricted, so we can't go out there. I mean, I hate to use it as an excuse, but to be honest with you, you can't even go into the state of Massachusetts without having a COVID test uh, within three days before going in. Because if you get stopped and the trooper checks it out and sees you're from New Jersey, he's going to want to see your COVID test. And uh, they could actually arrest you and you will get charged $500 fine. So. I'm checking out what each, each of the states have their rules and regulations. Um, I, I want to check out Texas because, like I told you, I want to come down there and you know do a workout or two with you. <laughs> well, you, you, you saw my meme on Facebook. You know, if he dies, oh, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I figured he can't be that hard with a belly that big. I mean, God, that guy really did you. He did you bad. You saw that. You saw that. <laughs> there was a, a meme where he drew my belly all big. I was like, dude, my belly's not that big. I got like a little bit of spare tire, but geez, this guy like went all out on the belly there. Yeah, I, I, I believe that was uh, was that Brian that did. That? I can't remember who did that. Who in my group that drew that picture? But uh, yeah, he, I was like, dude, come on, man. Like, geez, but that that's a car. He didn't even give a, you. Uh, he didn't give you lats or anything. I mean, your shoulders are like. As wide as a barn door, so I mean, shit, he should have done something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Geez, oh God, I got huge traps like the one too." Guy so. that, that one guy put a bot your face on a bodybuilder's uh, head. Yeah, did you I see saw, that one? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw I that too. I couldn't believe that one either, but uh, you know, they yeah. uh, they, they should have put you on somebody like in the world's strongest man competition. You're you kind of look more like one of them guys. Yeah, you know. The, the, I, I trained with a guy who did strongman for for a while. I just I, I know that there are a lot of uh, 
strong people out there and a lot of like big, tough, strong people. And, and you know, and I tell people, I'm, I mean, I don't pretend to be the strongest person in the world or the toughest person in the world. Um, but unless you're like training every day and you're doing MMA, I'm pretty sure that I, yeah. I got a good chance. And, and, and I tell people that with all our honesty, I'm just being honest, unless you're out there and you're training every day. And I know guys that do, I know a lot of fighters and they do. And they, they, they train like all the time and, and that's what they do, you know, and they fight professionally. So they're in shape and they're fighting, they're training every, every day. Like, I mean, that's all they do. And I'm not training right. like that every day, at least not anymore. And so, yeah, those guys are going to have a chance. But, but if you don't, you know, and I tell people all the time when they ask me this question, they'll say things like, well, the dog man that you saw, okay, do you feel like you could, you could have, uh, you know, defended yourself against it. And I'm like, absolutely not. I just don't feel that way. I mean, even as strong as at my peak, at my strongest, you know, the most I'd ever thrown up on the bench was 660. Uh, you know, my squats going eight, 800, you know, over 800 pounds. Like, you you know, this strong, very strong person. I was a very strong person. Um, approaching, like my strength wise was approaching like, you know, almost like a competition stuff, you know, like, I mean, and I wasn't even competing. I was just that strong. But, you know, do I think that I would have a chance against one of these things? No way. I mean, like the one you saw, the one I saw, you have no chance, dude. And, and, and here's another thing too, Nick, when you saw your creature that you saw, think about it. It was on the reservation, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. I mean, watch on reservation. It's a, it's a big park area up on the mountains. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, acres and acres and acres of water and, and just woods. And uh, like I said, they have a museum there, and they, they show you all the different animals that they have out there. I mean, some of the snakes are kind of big. I mean, geez. No, you, you don't stand a chance against an apex predator like that. Like I said, I was ready to blast him with the pepper spray. I was like seconds away from letting it go. Uh, but it didn't turn to me. It didn't care. Yeah. It just didn't care. I was insignificant. And let me ask you this question. I mean, you know, <clears throat> and just Andrew the best you can, I guess. Do you think that it could have been a skinwalker? It's quite possible because we have the Lenape Indians that used to uh, inhabit this area. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a uh, up in the Wachung Reservation area near the museum. They have a uh, once a year, uh, I don't want to call it a party or anything, but a celebration. Uh, with the Lenape, and they have a lot of uh, Native Americans there in Native dress, and there's there's a lot of that thrown up on the boards over there for people to learn about. And uh, Skinwalker is one of the things mentioned. It's one of the things mentioned there quite uh, quite often. And, yeah, uh, I've tried to speak with some of the Native Americans about that, and they don't want to talk about Skinwalkers. They don't. They, they don't. Do not want to talk. No, no, they just turn away and walk. They won't even mention it. And one young fellow who was in his teens, a full Native American, full blood, he said to me, he says, they do not even want to say the name because they have the names in, in, their, in their tribal language. They don't even want to say the name Skinwalker in English because they feel that it's extremely bad luck to speak about one because then it'll come back and it'll you know, come after them. Mm-hmm. So it's quite possible. It's quite quite possible that this could have been a skinwalker. Uh, 
but at seven foot seven inches and that big and muscular, it's like <clears throat> nothing like I've ever seen. And I've seen, I've went to uh, Space Farms Zoo in New Jersey where they had Goliath. He was a scientifically bred bear and he was, <clears throat> excuse me, and he was over 12 feet tall and he was optimally fed and bred by the zoo over 12 feet tall and I mean that was something to look at so I mean even even looking at something at 7-7 I mean that's that's just totally amazing uh, it could have been terrifying but I was just thinking about defending myself just in case you know I have I have a story that, that I've never I've never shared and I you know and I don't like telling stories that I don't have someone that can verify it or back it up, you know, cause then it just, it's just, it's somebody can say, well, you're not telling the truth. At least if you have someone that was there with you that saw it or was, you know, a part of it, you know, they can verify, Hey, this, this is, this guy's not making this up. I was there, you know? And so, um, that's why I waited a, a, a while before I did the black, the black dogs, black hellhounds, uh, episode. I wanted to have my friend Tony Duran come on because it was him and me and two other guys that, that had that experience. And, and I don't know what it was, you know, <clears throat> but I've always believed when I was working at doing security for a Cabela's, uh, in Buda, which is in South, oh, Austin, nice. South of Austin that I had a run in with a skinwalker and I really, I really, really believe that that's what it was, but it, it didn't turn. And, and I'm, and I'm not going to sensationalize here and, and get everybody all like hyped up to listen to that story because you'd be kind of let down. It wasn't, it was a weird thing that happened to me. Very weird, very odd. Um, knowing that I have the, this, the eye, like the ojo, you know, the ojo dotaro. And that, mm -hmm. like, I was born that way, and I've always had that that uh, that ability to sniff out and see the paranormal and and to, to understand it a little better. Um, and I really believe that that there's you're gifted that and that's born you're you're born with the spirituality. Um, if you go to numerology, my numbers are seven. I'm a life path seven, and I got a lot of sevens in in, in my in my numbers. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I was born seven fourteen seventy five. You know, uh, when you look at the, you know, when you look at this situation, it's a very weird situation, but it wasn't really scary. It wasn't really terrifying. There wasn't really anything. It was just weird. It was a weird situation. And I honestly believe that this guy um, may have been a skinwalker. And I'm going to talk about that on my show at some point. I'm not going to get into it tonight, but I'm just leaving everybody with that. So I will tell that story at some point, but it, I was by myself. And with just this other, just, just the person that I think was, uh, a skinwalker. And so I, I don't want to, um, delve into it like right here, right now. But if you listen to, if, if I tell you the story and you listen to, to the details of it, you're probably going to come to the conclusion that, yeah, that's probably what I was dealing with. Um, it right. wasn't, it wasn't, um, as far, as far as I could tell, it wasn't malevolent or he wasn't malevolent. Uh, he was annoying. Um, and I think that that's why he did what he did because, because I think he had that ability and he was being a, 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 a punk. Because he can, yeah. That's what I think he was being, you know? Was there, so, was, is there a, uh, just one question about it that's not going to give any too much away. Any, uh, particular size that you could, uh, 
speak about? How tall? Uh, just just the normal size. I mean, it, it, you know, and, and and I think that he, you know, I, I didn't see a dogman type entity or anything like that. I mean, I'll get into it, like I said, on the show one day. Right, right. And and I don't want to give too much of it away. I'll t- I'll tell you the story. It's it's not real long. I'll tell you what happened um, when we get off air. And folks, I'll okay. leave you with that, so you guys will have something to hang on, you know, and 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 just remind me, and I'll tell the story, because I kicked it around with my team, you know, because Anthony, I've told you this story years and years ago. I mean, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and from what you, what I told you, do you, would you deduce that that's what that was? I would. Yeah, yeah. And so I told my wife that, and she was like, that has to be what that was. I mean, and and, it, and it's a weird story, and at some point I will, you know, divulge that story, into, and uh, I'll convey that story to everybody. But uh, right now, it's I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm not going to get all into that. Um, and then there's there's another, you know, a series of events that happened to me in a, in a haunted building here in Austin when I was working. And uh, it was at that time a bank building, and it had a lot of uh, just a lot of paranormal activity that went on. My friend Tony Duran actually worked there too, and he talked about it on the show. Um, but we just kind of scratched the surface. But the, uh, it was good to have him on to lead into that because when I do the episode for that, then I can say, "Hey, this guy, it happened to him too," and he came on my show. So I'm not making it up. But the Cabela's thing, I was all by myself out there, and uh, oddly enough, it was in January. It was in a January. It was like I think January of two thousand five, um, when that happened. So, yeah, it was a very weird incident that that took place. And uh, I I went home and I told my uh, my my brother, my roommates, like that I lived with at that time. I said, "Dude, you're not going to believe what happened to me." It was very weird. Um, and the guy was it was just an obnoxious person, and and I but I believe that he had something going on with him. Um, but like I said, we'll get into it at some point. And Nick, let me ask you another question. Uh, do you, in your opinion, you know, believe that, that some of these reports that we get, and, and let's just say the ones that aren't connected to what you believe could be the UFO phenomena, do you believe that, that these reports that there are, uh, different things going on, like, are these natural naturally occurring uh, animal type creatures these dogmen do you think that the, the 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 bulk of the reports is that that that's what it is or do you think that they could be skinwalkers as i know you already said that the ones you you think with the lights and all that could be something interdimensional or extraterrestrial yeah. yeah so what do you it's, think it's, it's, it's possible and it's highly possible that they can be skinwalkers and because of the fact that we can never get a clear-cut picture, except for the lady down the road from me. We can never get a clear-cut picture of a Sasquatch, Bigfoot, Dogman. Uh, I am really leaning towards them being extraterrestrial. You know, uh, whether it's uh, E.T.'s pet Dogman or Sasquatch or something, or, or maybe they are the extraterrestrials themselves. You know, down here checking us out because, I mean, I'm not a, a ufologist or anything like that. Uh, but why, why after all this time that we cannot, and and, now, and after all the thousands of reports, we cannot pin down a unblurred picture of a Sasquatch? Why? I just, I just just can't get that. Yeah, and you get hundreds and hundreds of reports. 
I mean, you and I have in, seen in one. A year's and, time, and, in a year's time, yes. Yes. And, and how many I research. I also go to libraries and I look up old reports, newspaper reports. Yeah, you know, when I go to other states, I, I search out libraries and I go into their archives. You know, yeah, it's, it's on uh, microfilm these days or, you know, depending on the library, you can get it on their computer uh, in their data bank over there. But there are literally thousands of sightings. Is everybody BSing? I highly doubt it. Is everybody uh, drunk? I highly doubt it. Uh, is the majority of people, uh, you know, faking it just to get their, their minute of fame? I really highly doubt it. I mean, you, you can't have all of this stuff and not have some truth come out of it. That, yeah. That's what that's what my belief at this point is. Uh, One of the things that, that you know, that I did a show uh, not too long ago, and it, and it was uh, my cousin Trey came on the show, and he lived in Wyoming uh, in, near the Wind River Reservation, and he spent a lot of time on the reservation and had a lot of friends that were natives and uh, so he had a lot of information that he had gotten, and he comes on the show and he he talks about these the, the, the you know, these skinwalkers and these uh, these things that, that that would go on there, and the BIA, the, the the Bureau of Indian Affairs, and how they would have to deal with uh, these entities, you know, um, and and you know when you listen to that, and then you you get these stories from different sources, different people. You know, you, you it, it all. If you start putting the pieces all together, you know, you're right. I mean, we're not, we don't get pictures of them. They all seem to have this supernatural quality about them that it's almost laughable when you think of the people who just absolutely believe that these things are just these this race of creatures that are just running around out in the woods, and there's just all this evidence out there, and we just haven't found it yet. How's that even possible? How can you even justify? being so silly. I mean, it just, to me, it just sounds, it sounds ludicrous. I mean, you know, I, I really think if you, if you zeroed in on the nature of the beast, um, you would have maybe one or two different things going on, but, uh, just, just for them to all be a flesh and blood animal, that's just running around out there. That's evolved that way. That's or adapted that way, whatever you want to call it, you know, and and that's all it is. That's just ludicrous. I mean, you know, I was talking to to, to Ken. He was on my show, and uh, you know, a few times he's been on the show. And uh, he, we were talking about it the other day, and he calls me up and he says, "Hey, I got an idea." He's like, "We should get you know uh, a forensics uh, a sketch, you know, uh, to to do, uh, artist to do the the renderings of these creatures." So we get a lot of reports, and then we just we just have them draw the different, you know, creatures and see, you know, which one, and that's a good idea. Like you get, you get the, the different ones and see, get as many reports as you can and over the witnesses and have them talk to the forensic artist and have them draw. And then we kind of put them in a pile. Like this one is this, they all look kind of like this. And then this one is this. And then, you know, cause, cause that's the only way you can get the, the real description of it is somebody describes it or somebody can draw it. And that's because we don't have pictures of these things. That's it. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. You know we, in, I actually have, in the NADP, I have our, uh, our sketch artist, uh, Vince Richardson. He's, uh, he's our, he's our uh, onboard sketch artist. So anytime I have a report, and I had a report last month of one, 
I had him uh, draw something up for me. Oh yeah, I know Vince. Vincent. Uh, Vincent's I a mean, good guy. Definitely need. Yeah. Oh, he's he's great. He is great. Uh, we're we're thinking of. Uh, well, thinking we got it. We got it in plan to go down to uh, LBL Land Between the Lakes, Tennessee, to uh, reopen that case down here, the Dogman case. Mm. And uh, we were going to send you an invite. Ask you if you would come. <laughs> no, I, I think I'll pass on that. Oh, come on. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go to the LBL. Vic Cundiff, a good good friend of mine, I, you, you know who that is, right, from DER? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and he yeah. had given me some advice about never going there. And I just think you know, I just would probably take that advice. Um, I've had too many I friends of mine. Come that have, on. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just not, I'm not really into it. I'm not feeling it, man. I, I, I don't want something following me back. I, I, You know, remember we were talking and there was this woman that that, that she's moved around. Uh, trying to get her to come on the show before I just go ahead and just tell her stories. I'd rather have her come on and then just tell her stories. I'm trying to get her to do it. Yeah. And and she uh, has this wealth of information about these one dog man in particular, two of them actually, and they followed her around from three different states, uh, from Arizona to Utah, and from Utah to uh, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, "Do you really believe?" Okay. That 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 these things are flesh and blood creatures that are that are traveling around finding you, because I just don't believe that. I just can't. I just can't. I don't think those are dogmen. I don't either. That's a dogman. I would. Yeah, I would say it was a skinwalker. That has to be. I mean, to to me, that's what that is. And I mean, there's no, you know. And she's like, no, these are dogmen, and they're a species, and all this other stuff. And she says she's had telepathic communication with them. You know, and and I just I, I'm not going to pass a judgment. I'll bring her on, let the audience mm. make their own, can draw their own conclusion about it. But for my money, that's not that's not something that's physical, flesh and blood. That's something that can manifest spiritually. Because she said that she was right. she was sitting, uh, brushing her hair, and she was sitting uh, in her room, and she looked out the window, and one of them was sitting up in a tree, looking at her out the window. Um, and she's, she said that there's, there's been, there's been three or four of them, but there's only two that really that interact with her. And that one of them is, is kind of just, uh, just kind of there, you know? And then the other, there's another one that's very aggressive and that she thinks that if it ever got the chance, it might do something to her. And then I told her, I was like, well, if what you say is, is true, okay, it's the absolute truth, then I think you're in very real danger. I mean, you know, obviously you know, she doesn't seem to to take it as seriously. Um, she, she she says she can't think about that because then it'll it, she, it'll paralyze her and not be able to live her life. And I told her, I said, I just don't. And, and how she can still believe that these things are some sort of flesh and blood animal type beings that are just uh, like a dog, you know, that just follows you around. I just can't understand how you could could make that assumption if if that's what's really going on. You know, because. Yeah. I've heard weird stories of of animals, like finding their owners, like uh, you know, oh, thousand yeah, miles. Like a cat, you know, cat. A cat went a thousand miles. Thousand miles. Yeah, you've heard it too. Home. Yeah, but well, what are the odds? I, you know. Yeah, I mean that 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 animal must be a little bit higher intellect than your normal cat. And I've heard of a a dog going four hundred and eighty miles to find his family. But uh, what she's had there, that's that's got to be something more bordering on the supernatural than on a, on a, on a, a you know, regular dog man. And 
I believe the thing in LBL, Tennessee, was a regular dog man. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's too bad you won't take us up on it, though, Josh, because uh, <laughs> I wanted to get Nate Rudd and uh, Greg Yost, you know, from up well, in Washington Greg State and Nate, area. Nate. Yeah, ha- have those guys go with you. They'll, 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 they'll entertain you. Well, uh, and, and it's the south end of the LBL, isn't it? Like the south end is where the... the near, near Kentucky. Near yeah, Kentucky, yes. Because the north end is the yeah. is the Sasquatch territory, right? right. And, the nor- and the south end but is... I wanted to get a, a group of uh, people that know what they're doing, and uh, plus, of course, I'm going to bring security. Uh, also, uh, Vince Richardson, he said he'd come, you know, to do the uh, the artwork for us. Um, uh, Ashira Seven, she's one of my members. She's a sensitive. She's very sensitive to things that go on, and we're gonna ask her to, you know, come along. Uh, definitely, impl- we're definitely planning this. So I'm hoping that this this, this darn virus goes away, and uh, hoping to get down there around August. I don't want to go in the winter months because that that would be miserable. Well, I'd be miserable in August too. It'll be hot. And I, I like the heat. I like the heat, though. Oh, man. If you lived in Texas, though, you'd experience the heat on another level. I mean, <laughs> it's like you could fry an egg out outside. You know, you get in your car, you just breathe in the heat, and you feel like you're going to pass out. Well, I've, I've been to Brown Air Force Base in uh, in Afghanistan, and I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> you're, it feels like your liver's melting when you're over there. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, well, yeah, the Middle the East. heat is... Uh, undescribable you, you, you don't understand how bad it is and yeah sand, oh i've, I've been to really bad deserts i believe me i've spent time in some deserts yeah it, it's bad i mean this is the summers in texas you know it's like it's it's that and then there's humidity that goes with it and it's just not pleasant and i tell people that too i mean it's like uh sometimes it feels like you're in a jungle you know and it's just it's awful you'll be outside and then you'll sweat and you'll have to go in and change your shirt a couple times a day um, it, it's, it's rough. And then, and then people don't realize this, but we talked about this earlier, uh, off, off the air, but the Texas can get very cold too. I mean, it just snowed here yeah. a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it's, it get it gets cold, man. I mean, you know, in the twenties and thirties pretty consistently, you know, and, and, um, you know, during the day, sometimes it'll be nice, but then it'll dip into the 30 late, you know, the high thirties, even in a nice day. And so, you know, well, it, Texas it, is one of those areas where during the daytime you've got some nice weather or pleasant, and then at nighttime, I guess it just drops and, you know, you, you could freeze to death sometimes. Yeah. And, and it's weird because, like, we're not even in a deserty area. Like, where we're at, this isn't the desert. We're nowhere near the desert. It's, this is forest. Yeah. There's a lot of forest here, you know. And so, but it's just so, the, the, the climate is so uh, extreme and harsh, you know, here at times. Um, but you know, it's not keeping people away. They're just moving here in droves and destroying it. So, you know, I really wish all these people that would just not from here would stop. You come visit, but you know, don't forget to leave. I mean, and it's like, geez, you know, and then, and then they want everything to be changed the way that they were, you know, where they were at. And that's a problem, oh, yeah. you know, but, yeah. and, and, and a lot of them too nice. are very, very, uh, not, they don't care about preserving, uh, the Texas culture, the heritage or whatever. And they're always like, I don't know what the big deal is. Why are y'all so proud of your state? Well, because we were our own country at one time. We fought for our independence. How about that? That's right. I mean, you know. and I, and, uh, I lived in Salisbury, uh, North Carolina and went up to um, Charlotte. And I'll tell you, it's like uh, living in New York, New Jersey area. Because uh, like you just said, people went there and they forgot to leave and go back home. 
they yeah. like to call me a North Charlotte Yankee. <laughs> Yankee. Yeah, when you you know, and it's funny because like like if you look in Florida, there's like a ton of people from New York that live in Florida. You know, everybody goes oh, there God, to retire. Taken over. Yeah, yeah, they've taken over, yeah. you know. It's like something about Yankees in, in Florida, you know. And I don't know against Yankees, two of my best friends are Yankees, but um there there's just certain types, you know, of people that just, you know, uh Austin in particular is full of uh, Californians and Chicago Chicagoans or whatever. Um, yeah. however you say it, but, uh, and, and most of the people, you know, they, they, you, you can get along with them. I mean, they're not, but there are some people that are just very overbearing and they, they treat us like we, like the locals, like we're Hicks and they're, they're teaching us mm. something. They're like Starbucks. They're pointing at their coffee, you know? <laughs> oh, okay. I did not know that coffee hot you know and and like the oh honey let's teach these these hillbilly backwards hicks about stuff you know and and, and things like that well you know and then and then you go to my hometown which is you know full of stories about dog man all this other stuff you know that guy that whole as you were talking about the black dog and uh I, i met this guy who was running a bar and what used to be the old high school right anthony was it we were there yeah yeah, and he had a bar there, but he was cool, man. He was like from North Carolina or something, and him and his wife were there, and and they were really they were really cool, man. They weren't these hipster, but you know the whole downtown area now has just been taken over by little hipster dive bars, and uh, yeah, there's a craft beer bar in in Taylor now, such a tragedy. Yeah, it's horrible, and and they they you know and they think that they're bringing culture to us or something, and we're like, dude, we had a culture here. And, you know, and in fact, there was this guy the other day on Facebook who was talking about uh, my hometown and, and literally he insulted me. He was calling me a hick and saying, oh, you're from Taylor. You don't know what you're talking about. That's Hickville. And I'm like, dude, Transformers was filmed there. Mark Wahlberg and Optimus Prime. Literally, this is a cool thing for Dogman fans. I'm going to tell you this. In the scene, I think, which Transformers? Is it Transformers 4? I think it's a... F- uh- Fourth or fifth Fourth one, or I fifth can't remember. One where Mark Wahlberg and Optimus Prime are fighting. Okay, now check this out, Nick and folks at home. Mm-hmm. In that scene where they're fighting that mercenary or bounty hunter that was trying to kill Optimus Prime, Mark Wahlberg and, and Optimus Prime are fighting that guy. Uh, th- those buildings around there, they're only about maybe 50 yards from where uh, my friend's grandmother saw a werewolf dog man whatever you want to call it underneath the railroad track underneath a train like literally that area right there that area the right there where that where that railroad interchange is and she she told us she's an african american woman she's deceased now but she she was she told us that there was one she once went into that um and i think i might have told this on dogman encounters or one of my shows i think it was no i think it was wolfman in texas wasn't it anthony i think so on that episode uh, she walked into the Taylor Cafe, okay, which is like right around the corner from where that scene was filmed, you know, where Mark Wahlberg was there. And she says she can't, she saw this guy who was borracho, you know, he's drunk. And uh, even even the, the African-Americans and, you know, and, and, and white people in my hometown will, they'll, they'll, they'll talk Spanish slang some, you know, because there's a, there's a large Mexican population there. Uh, as you would say, Tejanos were from, you know, Mexicans from Texas, you know. And, uh, so there, there's a large Tejano population there. And, uh, so she said that she goes, you know, he was definitely Baracho, you know, and she said it kind of like, you know, she didn't say it with a Spanish accent, but she's like, 
And this dude, he was up underneath a railroad car asleep, you know, and then when, you know, and, and he came out and was stretching and he was wearing a, a blue shirt, you know, or, or, or I can't remember exactly what she said all he was wearing, but she said when she came back out, she saw this wolf looking creature with that same shirt on underneath the railroad car asleep. Like it had gone back to like, it was like this bum had shapeshifted or something. It was weird. It was a weird story. And she told us that when I was like a, a young, uh, a kid, you know, like a teenager. So, you know, you get all these weird stories that, that people have told you over the years in that area, you know, and then there's, uh, um, like not far from, from Taylor going East, uh, probably about 15 miles or so. Um, there's a story above of what, what, when me and Ryan were doing the Genosco episode that we're going to have to redo, um, which I'm going to redo in a, in a couple of days. Um, I'm going to tell that story, but there was a, this, this Bigfoot type creature that was like tearing the heads off of these, uh, cattle and sheep. And, uh, and it was like a reddish brown color. And, um, you know, yeah, it wasn't even, it's not even far from my hometown, but it was distinctly squatch like not really uh dogman. So, you know, you have, uh, some critters running around down here and, uh, you know, but I think it's interesting though, you know, that, that, that if if you're a fan of transformers and, 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 you know, that scene where they filmed that right there, uh, it's just right around the corner from there is Taylor cafe. And that's where, um, you know, my friend's grandmother years ago saw what she thinks was a werewolf because it it had on a, a shirt, you know, and, and, and of course sure. it wouldn't be a stretch because that the, the railroad interchange, there's a lot of cotton that's grown in that area. And uh, not as much as it used to be because of the treaties with Egypt. So we get all our cotton from the Egyptian cotton, which isn't really anything special. It's just, we have to, we have to buy it from them. So, uh, but our cotton, industry has kind of dried up a little bit, but, um, yeah, there, there used to be all this cotton that they would ship, you know, from, from that, uh, that spot right there. And there, there's a railroad interchange right there. That's how my grandfather, uh, ended up in, in, uh, Taylor. He was originally from Chicago and that's how he ended up meeting my grandmother. Cause he came to work down, down working on the railroads. And so, you know, and it was, you know, there, there's a lot of railroad workers that would come there and, and because of the, uh, all the cotton shipping that they did from there. That, that was in Texas? Yeah. Taylor, Texas. Yeah. Oh, Taylor. Wow. Yep. So we've hit the three hour mark, uh, Nick. And I okay. think, I think that we have, um, talked a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, did you have anything else, uh, any any closing, uh, your closing arguments, sir? Well, my closing arguments would be just don't be closed mind to things and always keep something over there on the back burner. And as, as I tell everyone all the time, always look up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's something to, to always be able to do. You look up because you never know what is up there. Uh Something I wish we would have hit on was the Thunderbirds, you know, speaking of Native American Indians. That maybe that's a that's a topic for another show. Well, yeah, you but, can always uh, come back. I mean, we didn't we I mean, as far as all your encounters that you've collected too. I mean, you know, you, you can always come back and we can do this again. I mean, you know, it's there's no policy that oh, you can only be on the show once. That's it. Well, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You you've you've used up your three hours, sir. Well, see you later. I never bring anybody back on. No, sir, I never do. 
no, that's not oh, how it damn. works, Nick. You, you come back anytime. You're you're welcome. You're a friend of mine, and and uh, you're a wealth of knowledge too. I want to physically come down here and enjoy your uh, brisket, barbecue brisket. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, the best, Taylor Cafe, I think, would probably be the best in Taylor. What do you think, Anthony, uh-huh. or Davis Grocery? Definitely Taylor Cafe. Taylor Cafe, and then, and then, but then in Central Texas, to get, I think Thorndale is probably the best. Oh, yeah. Thorndale Meat Market, really? Trey Felton, and my friend Trey uh. Felton that runs the Thorndale Meat Market, shout out to you. Uh, he is is a big footer. I mean, he loves the Sasquatch and all that stuff. I mean, and he goes out to Apache Pass and he looks for these things. And if you go oh, and you damn. listen to my besieged by Bigfoot in that area, that's that's, you know, where he's out there looking, you know. And uh what's crazy um one of my, you know, guy best friends, you know, um had a Bigfoot encounter not too long ago in that area. Well, he thinks it was a Bigfoot. I still have to interview him officially, but it just happened like three or four days ago. He just sent me a message oh. saying, hey, man, I got some weird stuff that happened to me. You know, message me back or whatever. Um, you know, so I have that 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 story I still have to look into. Um, one of my, my, not my best friend, but like a good friend I grew up with, you know. And uh, he saw something, you know, on the side of the road with his uh, his girlfriend. So that that that's interesting. I'm gonna have to find out what he's talking about. But you know, the, the the if you're if you're in Austin though, and you just you don't go to the the my hometown or the smaller areas, um, style switch. Now he's from Taylor, because all these good barbecue places they're using that Taylor style. They're using my hometown's style. Ah, yeah. There's two other places that like there there's there's Taylor, and then Lockhart, which is Black's Barbecue. Black's Barbecue is really good. Um, but it's not on the par. It don't, it, it's not on the same level as the Taylor barbecue. Really? Yeah. So those wow. are the two big, you know, they both claim that they were the first ones. Uh, Taylor claims that they were the first ones to make the brisket like that. And then Lockhart claims they were the first one. And then, and then it spread, you know, it spread to Dallas, Fort Worth, to Houston, but don't let them fool you. Those places up there, they did not have that kind of barbecue. It came from Central Texas, from where I'm from, and then it spread uh-huh. all throughout Texas. You know, over the last you know four or five decades, but it all came from from my area. You know, where I'm from. Well, let me tell you this. I promise you, if I can get a, if I can get down here, it's gonna be like for three or four days. You gotta, you gotta give me a, a workout. You and I will do a workout together, and then it's on me. I don't care where we go. Two or three places, the, the Texas barbecue. I want yeah. to go to the best ones. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, definitely. want it. I want that brisket. Oh, man. I am Rudy's is good, freak. too. They're, they're, they're from uh, Bandera, and that, that's good brisket, too. But uh, I think that uh, t- Taylor, is the, is the, their style is the best. You know? There is the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and there's a lot of good Mexican food here, too. Like, you wouldn't believe. I mean, it's it's hard to beat some of the fajitas and, you know, the, 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 Austin's definitely a food mecca. If anybody ever wants to come and travel and I and I give everybody an open invitation. If, if you're if you're a listener of the show and you're passing through, and you're going to be anywhere close. And if I'm I can get off or whatever, uh, maybe we can meet and go eat dinner or something. I'll take you to some places that are really good. There's some really good places to eat here. The tacos here are just unreal. San Antonio gets the reputation for having the best Mexican food, but I, I, I think we got them beat. Uh, we mm. went to go eat on the Riverwalk. Uh, Anthony, me, you, and uh, was it Zane? 
and we all went to go eat and, and uh, might've been Mushu might've been with us too. And, uh, the, the waiter was like, what are y'all doing down here? Eating Mexican food. He goes, y'all got the best Mexican food in Austin. <laughs> and he told us, what was that place called? Um, uh, Casa Rio, I think it was. Casa Rio. There you go. Yeah. The real touristy Casa place, Rio. you know, but San Antonio, oh. if you, if San Antonio where Ken Gerhard lives, uh, San Antonio, they have, that is the funnest city to go do anything. I mean, you got to take the boat tour on the river, river, and you got to go on the river walk, you know, and you got to, I mean, there's just so many places, things to do there. It's such a cool town. You know, they got SeaWorld, you know, and all these other, it's just, it's a really cool place. San Antonio is awesome. The Alamo is an amazing place. You can feel the history and the energy there. We get really nice beaches here. Um, but you know, like I said, the weather can just be absolutely rough. And if you live in the coast, you will get hit by a hurricane. And I'm not kidding. If you're, if you're anywhere from Galveston all the way down to Port Isabel, uh, Corpus or Port Aransas, you will, yeah, yeah, you absolutely will get hit Mm. by a hurricane. I'm not joking. You, at some point you will get hit by a hurricane. There's no, uh, matter of if it's a matter of when. And so you have that constant threat that, you know, every summer you might, be destroyed. You know, your property might be destroyed. My wife was telling me, Nick, she's like, Hey, let's get a, let's, let's buy a piece of, you know, Galveston. I had a buddy down there. It was like, Hey, I got a piece of property for sale. And I'm like, and I, my friend Clay, and I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. Sorry, buddy. Um, don't want to live in hurricane alley. Sorry. Cause that, that's what's going to happen at some point, you know, there's going to be a hurricane and, and then the winters here can be pretty cold and the summers are, uh, you know, brutally hot triple digits. I mean, one year, uh, a few years ago, we got in the triple digits every day for uh 90 something day. Was it? Oh no, it was a hundred. We hit a hundred days, wasn't it? Yeah. It went over a hundred days. Kind of place. I'm yeah. telling you, man. <laughs> well, you must but be a rock no, lizard then. You're... <laughs> with, with my Guinea background, right? Yeah. Everybody's from Italy over there. We, we like the Mediterranean. We got this, this hot blood. I mean, I'm walking around in the summertime, you know, with my shirt on and everything or shirt off. doesn't matter. And I'm just loving it. <laughs> Everybody else, oh, we got to get an air conditioning. Folks, I tell but, you right uh, now, Nick is a reptilian. I'm going to talk you off air about that. Yeah, we will. And, that, and Nick's that. a reptilian, folks. That's why he knows so much about these cryptids and the UFOs. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a reptilian, dude. You, you, have, you have that. <laughs> He's studying it, dude. Reptilians, they like the sun, but they're cold-blooded, remember. so. Well, they're cold-blooded. That's why they need the heat. You know, reptiles, they don't do well in, in the cold. Love, love the heat. Yeah, so if yeah, you, you might be I a mean, reptilian. That, that, place talking, that Riverwalk place, I mean, God, you, you want me to come across friggin' Lizard Man over there? Jeez. <laughs> God, man, I mean, we can go on for hours about that one, but, you know, not too many people heard of him. All right, well, you know what? I got to get you off the air because uh, we're definitely going to have a visit down there. Yeah, you're, you got to come. You got to come. at 12 o'clock at night over here. I'm drooling. I want some brisket. Yeah, oh, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's pretty awesome. I wish I could... Uh, ship you some up there, but it just wouldn't be the same. So you got to come nah. down. Nah. Yeah. I don't know what the, the the restrictions are. We'll talk about it off air and we'll see what happens, man. And, and maybe we can yeah. go down to San Antonio and visit uh, my friend Ken, or we can go up to the yeah. DFW area and visit uh, Redfern or, or Blackburn. Uh, they all live in this area. David Weatherly lives out in the hill country. You know, we all live in, in Texas and it's, uh, there's definitely a heavy, uh, cryptid uh researcher author slash author presence here so yeah texas like everybody's moved out that way yeah texas is a place to be well there's a lot of weird stuff going on down here nick you got to get down here 
So oh, believe me, believe me, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I'm writing an article on uh, monsters of Texas right now. Oh, geez, well, you, you've got you need so to... many things down there. You have a ton of them down there that people don't have never even probably heard of. You need to take so, all those encounters and write a book, just like I do too. We both need to write books, and just like Redfern mm. said, it gives you that prestige of being a published author. So. Anyways, yep. we're going to wrap this up, folks. Thanks for listening right, to uh, uh, Paranormal Roundtable. Thanks for listening to me and Nick uh, blab about all these uh, crazy things. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in. And uh, Anthony looks like he's beat. He's really tired. Um, he reached his quota of 40 words for the for the, the episode. Absolutely. <laughs> so we're yeah, gonna... I tell you, that guy's a blabbermouth. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he did say he didn't say much. He just like sat here just looking at me the whole time like, are you done? Uh, so that's it for tonight, folks. I'm going to say good night and uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube, even if you listen to us on a different platform, because that gives us a little bit of a financial boost and uh, we can help keep the show going. And uh, so from everybody, PRT, the, the crew, uh, Nick Valente, thanks for coming on. Uh, and everybody, good night. It was-